0: Hello, World Walkers. Yes, I'm talking to you. Welcome to World Talkers, an Evermore fan podcast. Lend us your ear, learn something new, and develop a mutual obsession. Goblins, dragons, charismatic executioners, and more await as we unravel the secrets that lay beyond the portal of Evermore. T to the J to the J to the T tj thomas in the house baby welcome to world talkers
1: actually did it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i did it i did i told you i was going to do it and i did it welcome to world talkers an unofficial (laughs) evermore fan cast i am daniel uh i am your host for today obviously because i always do the weird
1: things to start Uh, i am joined by my co-host hey everyone it's chandler we're so glad to have you welcome to the podcast
0: and as my jovial rap uh, so delightfully uh, explained at the top of this episode, we are joined today by a special guest, TJ Thomas. We'd just like to give some time over to you. TJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. This is awesome. Long time,
2: long time listener, first time uh, guest. So uh, Well, we're so <laughs> yeah. glad to have you.
0: <laughs> it is exciting. We're, we're, we're really excited to have you here. We have A lot of questions, as we have shared with you. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about because picking the brains of those involved with Evermore, I think, is probably one of our favorite
1: pastimes. Definitely. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, TJ
0: Thomas, who is joining us today, you may know him better as Kadarin from the season of Mythos. Uh, He was... Probably, in, in, in my opinion, he was one of the star actors or lead roles if you had put sort of like a traditional stage title to it one of the leads you know, uh, one of, of the mythos season, definitely. season Absolutely. I mean, um, we, we like to say that the world walkers are the leads the world walkers oh, that is so cute i like that a lot
2: <laughs> that's something we really try to focus on because it, there can be that tendency especially with some of the characters who mm-hmm. have some of the bigger backstories and stuff um like kid Aaron, to be like no you're you're not the lead the world walkers the, the guests the champions are the leads they are the main character you are all supporting cast
1: so that's very a fun much like tidbit. that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Look, we're already <laughs> starting off on the right foot. I love that. <laughs> I am. I that is super
0: cool. So I, uh, Oh, I, I'm just so giddy. I love that. <laughs> so I mean, I guess uh, with, with with that to kind of start us off, uh, TJ, in terms of your your history working up into Evermore, um, what what would you say kind of put you on the trajectory on the path towards w- what you're doing there?
2: Um, I guess when you're an actor and a nerd, there are just so few things that marry the two as perfectly as Evermore. Mm -hmm. Um, Going from, you know, Dungeons and Dragons playing as a kid, my cousin DMing and then coming in and um, doing, you know, a bit of improv here and there, but then really focusing on acting stuff. The first time I heard of Evermore and got to visit it, my very first thought was like, this would just be the coolest place to work to be able to act And most of my experience in acting up to that point had been like unpaid community theater. So I was like fully ready to just be like, I'll just do this for free. Just please let me be here.
1: Yes. I think think we've shared Taking all the boxes in my head. (laughs) It's like, I I would do this for free. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you, we kind of mentioned it, but you obviously are just an actor or primarily you've had kind of your, your hands on a lot of different things. Um, but primarily an actor, correct? Yeah.
2: Um, during the mythos season, especially I was just an actor. I would, you know, we would, all the actors pitch, um, ideas and stuff that they come up for character backstories and things because there's so many characters. And so it's hard for writers to come up with like 50 deep, interesting backstories. So we're always pitching stuff. Um, yeah, recently I've um, taken a, a little bit more um, with being able to to pitch more ideas rather than just related to my character, as there have been some changes in the park structure. Um, but still, I'm not any official writer or anything official besides just having been an actor.
1: Awesome, that
0: Wonderful. is. I I kind of in, in in my mind, the way that I kind of see that is, you know, I I have some experience with like. High school productions of things. You know, like we would, we would get sort of like community rallying together about like, hey, we're just going to do this for free. Everybody come in, come, yeah. come work on the sets, come and work on these things. But it seems like with Evermore, it's, it's more of just coming in and like, let's just. Let's share and make ideas happen.
2: It's really, it is definitely like, it's a cliche, but it's a passion project for literally everyone. And so like, I think everyone involved with the park would do what they're doing for free if it meant that they just got to do it. Um, So the fact that it gets to be a job for some of us is really, really cool. Um, But I mean, even like bringing in, you know, the, the guests and the fans of the park, I know that they've had them come in to volunteer hours to do like gardening and stuff to try to get the park ready for the new seasons. Cause yeah, it is whether you're a guest or an actor or a writer or the CEO, like it is, everyone is doing it because they're so into the idea and believe in it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's just cool. That is really cool. And now you said it was pretty much the first time that you had entered the park that you kind of were lit on fire as it were, this, this passion was yeah. brought ablaze. Um, What really was it that, that sold it for you? Was it just the, Seeing it through the eyes of an actor? Was it seeing through the eyes of a nerd? Like was it one interaction in particular that kind of took you there? Or what, um, what do you think? I mean, it was
2: kind of all of the above. I mean, just seeing like first thing I noticed when I walked in was just the set like mm. of the park is so amazing um and so incredibly detailed. And then seeing all the costumes, like noticing the little technical stuff everywhere. But then I think the first person I interacted with was um, during lore 2018 was when I went the first time um, was the gatekeeper um, played by Tanner. Um, And, um, the second person I met, I remember was Faldo played by Nicholas. And um, I remember both of those interactions being like so drastically different, <laughs> like could not be more different of characters. Um, and just thinking like seeing the costumes and how they're interacting and just thinking how much fun it would be to like, be that fully immersed in a character that like you, there's no time like, in between takes there's no time like off stage like you get tiny little breaks but it's not like you know you do a scene and then you go off stage like you're just on the whole time and i remember just thinking that would be so so fun to do so i was really lucky and then i was gonna audition for aurora and then they didn't have auditions for that season that year and then finally mythos auditions came around and i was i was just i was so ready
1: awesome i I love it and i i would love to kind of Tell us a little bit about those auditions. I would love to get a little peek under the hood there. How wh- what was that like, and what are uh, auditions for Evermore like?
2: Oh, they are different than any audition I've ever done, and I've done a lot um, that don't usually work. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're very, very different. Um, I mean, you. I mean the the start of the process is really similar. Um, you know, preparing a monologue going in. Um delivering it to a, a table of very intimidating people um until you actually get to know them and then they're the nicest. But it's always when you don't know them, it's very intimidating. Um and then during the initial audition, they actually asked me to start doing some improv stuff. Um and so And
1: and that is different from other things? Very
2: few auditions have you improv, yeah. Okay. Um most most auditions for like a musical or a, a regular play or whatever, you'll do your monologue or you'll do your song and they'll say thank you and then you leave mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, this time they asked me, they saw on my resume that I had listed that I could sing and that I could do improv so they asked me to just on the spot do it. Was not prepared but I to guess that's- si-
0: To sing and improvise? Yeah, yeah
2: just like right there. And they're like, hey, can you sing something for us? I, was like, I, I don't have music but sure, here you go. Um, yeah, it was so oh, that was fun and then um, Matt who is, you know, involved in like everything at evermore he's also plays one of the one of the dwarves um he is like a genius improviser and so he did a little improv scene with me just right there during the audition um yeah and then callbacks um a week or two later were like 100 improv which i've never had a callback like that before usually you go to callbacks and they have you like read sides or they have you do a song from the show or they do a dance callback or whatever and this was just 100 improv there were probably like 30 other people that were there being called back and they had us go up and do group things and individual things and just everything improv. Um, A little bit of accent stuff, but not really. It was like accents can be taught. but
1: At this point, were you already... First of all, at this point, did you have a character in mind that you would want to play or did they let you know like, hey, you are auditioning for this part?
2: No. So for um, for callbacks, there was no hint of what character you might be or anything. Um, I just I was game to be anything. I actually remember um, one of the bits that they asked me to do during the callback was to um, do an on the spot 60 second monologue um, as a uh, what did they use? An obtuse ogre. That's what it was. So they just asked me to just be a, a a dumb ogre. And so I just had to talk and give a monologue as a dumb ogre for like 30 to 60 seconds. Um, and so I remember leaving thinking like, oh, maybe I'll be an ogre. I don't know if I want to put the mask on every night, but that would still be so much fun. Um, so yeah, you have no idea. And everyone was doing things that were so different than like what you would first think looking at the person. Um, they had like the, the smallest girl in the room. They asked her to be a, like a tough knight and like this really funny stuff. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun, but a lot of improv.
1: I love that. I love evermore actually with a lot of their characters pushes the envelope of, of what it means. You know, we have Sir Clary who says a lot of people that come to her talk about how she's a female and she's like, I am a female, but I'm also a knight. I love that evermore does that. Yeah. Um, I love that.
0: Please, no. I was, I was just gonna just throw on top. You know, with all of the the improv that goes into the auditions, like from from the outsider view of like, why are their auditions so weird? But like, it like look, at, it totally makes sense for what the park expects of the actors, and like, like going as a park goer, it's like whoa, everything that they're doing, you know, inhabiting these characters, living on the fly is like re- requires so much of your ability just to oh all right what is kaderan's favorite color oh yeah like what what like what what are all of the like being able to respond to the wackiest things that could possibly come up Yeah, you know, like that's that is what that is improv so that's awesome that, yeah. that that they focus in on that so heavily during the auditions i think that's really cool
2: well there's just there's no way that you're ever going to be prepared for the
0: weird questions and
2: requests mm-hmm. that you're going to get um stuff about your backstory you can spend all the time in the world as you want like preparing and researching and like doing you know deep backstory documents and stuff and we you know all of the, all of the actors do but there's still going to be stuff that you are not prepared for when it comes into park so yeah you have to be able to improv and a lot of it's about your character along of it is being able to learn how to respond when you don't know the answer but looking like you know the answer right? Um, because there's been, yeah, you have to, you can't like just make something up that ends up being completely untrue. And then you've like, once it's said, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And so, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of improv that has to happen to keep things moving smoothly and safely.
1: Yeah. Is that something that Evermore teaches how to do then? Or is it pretty much asked that you are skilled at it first like
2: they that's what the rehearsal process basically is um there's i mean you're not like running lines for a rehearsal process so basically yeah you're just practicing in your character um encountering weird situations interacting with each other pretending to be world walkers and almost trying to trip each other up during the uh, rehearsals so that you can be prepared for the weird stuff that's gonna come um but yeah so the they, they teach a lot of it and they give a lot of pointers and tips and um, they tell you, you know, like these actors have been around for several seasons. So if they have questions you don't know the answer to, like send them to these people. Um, I mean, like like Gudrun is like always like a go-to, like <laughs> <Yes>. if you have any <laughs> yes, questions yes, 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 yes. That, they don't, that you don't know, send them to Gudrun. Um, but a few different characters like that who've been around for a
0: while. That's why we call her Go-to Gudrun here yep. around the World Talker table. That's what I call her now. Yeah, that's appropriate. Because we've never called her that before. <laughs> uh, but I... I as it's just like, I'm, I'm super interested in this. Like what, what are some of the ways that like you have rather, what are some of the inter- like the most interesting ways you've seen people try to trip you up? Either the actors or like what, 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 what are some of the weirder requests that you've had from um, park guests? Um,
2: let's see. Weirder requests. I've actually um, renewed two different couples marriage vows. Um, that's surprisingly common it happened. The first time it was requested, I sent it off to Ozzy. I was like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, you know, pass it off as it was his jurisdiction or whatever, but then, you know, more people requested it. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is a thing that we're doing. So, um, yeah, like doing marriage vows was a very, very odd one. Um, I think the, the weirdest one of people trying to trip me up is usually people who know me um, who are coming into the park and who, who see me as this character. So a lot of times it'll be my friends and they're trying to like see how far they can push. Um, my, my sister actually came with her friends one night um, and she brought her boyfriend. And um, so he was really trying to get me. He was saying things like, is it weird that I've kissed your sister? And I was like, <laughs> "I don't have a sister." What are you talking about? <laughs> and just, um, or saying, "Yeah, he would." Yeah. He, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, just really weird stuff that he was trying to get me tripped up with. Like, "Hey, I I slept in your bed when I stayed at your house one time." I was like, uh, "I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs>
1: when, when When were you in Mythos I, I don't last? Think you've you been aged being. Yeah. <laughs> that is so great. So wonderful that's so interesting about evermore is like it literally invites everyone from around the world with different ideologies and different customs to come interact with you. So literally the sky's the limit. Like there's, there's no limit of what situations could be, you know, brought to you or questions or anything like that. That's very interesting. I, I love that.
0: So talking about auditions, rehearsals, the wacky things that are going on, I suppose like some of the, like more nitty gritty aspects of like being Kadarin. Like what was the makeup process like? Like how, like how long, how long were you expected to be preparing to be Kadarin each night you were in the park? Um, the
2: nightly preparations weren't too bad actually. Um, the later in the season we got, you know, as we know, Kadarin's descent and started growing the mushrooms and getting the veiny look and everything that started to be more time. Um, but at the, even at the most, I was never in the makeup chair for more than like 30 minutes. Pretty quick. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had like no makeup. Um, so I, there, there was nothing there. There were, um, Hashtag no filter, <laughs> <That's> the <story. laughs> there were a couple times, um, during some key plot points where, um, I started to get like circles under my eyes and stuff. And so that would be like five minutes of makeup. Um, But then, yeah, the most was, you know, at the end, uh, they would airbrush on the veins and they would have to do this prosthetics for the mushrooms and stuff. And that would be about 30 minutes. Um, But that actually, that was, that was pretty tame considering all of the, all the actors who had been there during lore um, the previous season who had like, had to sit through the full faces of like mushroom on their entire face. We're like, you have no idea. This is nothing. I just have like three little mushrooms on my (laughs) neck and that's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Man, I, I can only, I can only like imagine what it's like to be those other people that are just sitting there getting these things plastered onto their face. Uh, But as with the, with the heat of mythos, it was like a pretty warm time outside. Did you ever deal with, or no of, uh, other actors that were dealing with melty mushrooms from the heat or other like weird things going on with their makeup
2: no melty mushrooms um i think i did have one of aside from the characters who are in like latex masks i think my outfit was one of the hottest ones during mythos um from like 6 p.m to 7 30 i was just like s- drenched in sweat i was not going anywhere those robes had like six or seven layers of different types of fabric just all on there um and they electrocuted me that was
1: fun that's a fun little behind the scenes tidbit i'm sorry (laughs) i'm gonna need to know more about that
2: yeah this this was actually pretty funny um i mean painful at the time but like funny in retrospect um so some of the material there was like a fleecy material and then another material that was right on top of it that was like had like a plastic backing um And they would static electricity together. And then the trim that went around my neck and down the front of the outfit had metal filaments and threads um, interwoven through the trim to give it its metallic shine and looked so beautiful. But the static (laughs) went through the electric trim. And so it was it wasn't every day, but um, I noticed it was like on days where it was really windy. Something about wind makes the air staticky, I guess. I don't know. But um I would like be walking and like every three or four feet I would like get a little shock of electricity and um it wasn't too bad when I was, you know, in the later stages of Kaderin and I was supposed to be like miserable and like weak it- it and you yeah, it, 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 that was that was that helps uh, that character aspect a little bit, but it was a little more challenging when I was supposed to still be like happy, fun, friendly, Kadarin, and I was like getting electrocuted.
0: So fun stuff Um, behind the scenes of the park. There's always stuff that...
1: Always stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, throwing on that resume, delivered electric performances. (laughs) Yes.
2: Electrifying. Electrifying. Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes. All the things the actors go through are just... I'm sure you guys go through so many physical and emotional... Oh, yeah. Because... I mean, you know you are real people and you help create this illusion for many hours at a time that you are this other person, right? Mm-hmm. Especially Kadarin, um many of those that had been in lore 2018 or rather had been there as visitors knew him or thought they did, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I am curious to go back into and in, go to there a little bit of what was it like? being this human version of this character that people already have memories with. And like, what was that like?
2: Um, that was definitely the most challenging part for sure. Um, as I was saying before, most of the actors are pitching like their characters, backstory and stuff. Usually when, when actors are cast, they're given what type of character they're going to be. Um, sometimes they'll have a name attached often not. Um, and so it's like, Hey, you're going to play a knight how how do you what's your night like what's their name how do you want to play it? and then they come up with ideas and they you know they work with the story to like get them approved see what works see what doesn't um so it's all you know it's kept within bounds but they have a lot of freedom to to play with what they want to want to display for that um so as kadarin coming in i like i i got so stressed
1: um <laughs> did you when when in the moment did they tell you i mean how far into it did they tell you we want you to be the human version of Kaderin.
2: Um So after the callbacks, a couple weeks after the callbacks, they send out the email with the casting and it was in that first email that they said, Hey, we want you to play Kadarin, the King of the fairies. And at first um, I'd been to lore like twice. And so I, I knew who the faking was, but I wasn't connecting the name <laughs> Kadarin <laughs> to the faking. Um, and so at first I was like, Oh, King of the fairies. That that sounds like an interesting role. And it was like three hours later, I was just thinking about it. And for some reason it just clicks. I was like, wait,
1: <laughs> i'm, I'm play-
2: the big scary dark guy i'm that guy oh dang um so then all of a sudden it became like really overwhelming <laughs> because i really like, i would, i was there closing night when kaderan was healed um the closing night of lore um but just as a guest and i like i immediately opened my phone and went back and watched all of like the 30 minutes of video that i recorded of that night and like trying to get all the information um, and then I started messaging um, Nicholas who plays Faldo and a few others who are like very close with the character to try to be like, I like, what, what is this? I, I don't know anything. Um, Cause there, yeah, there was a lot of backstory already created for Kaderin. Um, so it was this interesting thing where I had to like weave in between what already existed for the character while also adding, filling in so many gaps that we didn't know. Um, but it's actually, so that's actually something that I felt kind of, prepared for luckily because i so i've i've done a bit of writing um not just like with you know trying to help evermore stuff but i've i've written and published a novel um it's called before the hook it's on amazon shout out but um the reason i bring it up is because it's the backstory of captain hook and so i kind of did the same thing with that but with that i had a few years where i took everything james m barry had written about captain hook and filled in all the gaps um and so i kind of got to do the same thing with kader and i like okay hey, here's what's canon here's what exists where are all of these missing pieces and how do they all fit together to make it a cohesive character? Uh, so that was really cool actually getting to do that was very stressful, but also really, um, a rewarding challenge.
1: That's amazing that, you know, as we came into the park or even beforehand, we got little snippets of, I believe evermore posted on their social media that, Oh, who is this new character? And it was kind of your silhouette of Mm -hmm. with the crown and everything. and, we were really excited to meet you as well as Kadarin, obviously um and that is by that was no by no means a small task for you to do to take this character that had existed and there was already stories and boil that down so you could act and play be him mm-hmm. um i i think one of my my question is you know we immediately walked in already Knowing and having interacted with Kader and the the faking himself, mm. right? I'm sure many many others did that as well. Of like, we have a past. You should remember this. How did you deal with those guests that had memories, knew him, had helped him or hindered? And how did that play out? And is a beautiful thing. Um,
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I I leaned. I had to lean heavily on the you know. We can work a lot of stuff in story-wise to help with us logistically. So we worked in story-wise that during the transformation that it had affected my mind that because the the darkness, whatever it was, had infected me, that my mind, I wasn't in my right state of mind. And so I didn't have the memories from that time. So when guests would come up and be like, hey, do you remember the name that you gave me when when you were the faking? I'd be like, nope and don't call me faking. That was another choice that I made to try to like distance myself from that. So that, um, it, you know, it wasn't a secret that I was the faking, but to try to, to help that side of it. That's like, I don't remember the faking and that right. he was kind of ashamed, um, that, that had happened to him, that he didn't like being called that once he got his memory back. and, so.
1: and distancing you, the actor from those moments, obviously you still cared about them. They have their worth and value, mm-hmm. but you are now Kaderin, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, it's, cool. and that's really interesting
0: as well because that, it, at least in, in, in my perception of things, that turned into a big plot point of the season of like the fairies actually figuring out what happened to Kadarin in the past yeah. that he hadn't been totally honest about how things had been affecting him and so on. Like that's a, that's a, just a interesting field to navigate. Yeah. Uh, my goodness gracious. Now sort of, not necessarily moving away from Kadarin or your experience as an actor, but, um, when it comes to evermore as sort of like this bigger picture thing, like how do you start explaining it to people? And it's like, yes, I work at this place called evermore. Like what's the rest of that? Yeah. Um,
2: like, 90% of people just think that it's a play called Evermore. Um, so, yeah, the first question I ask is, have you seen Westworld? Because if they have, that condenses my job so much. And I can just say, it's Westworld, but fantasy. Um, Less murder. Yeah, yeah. Much more family-friendly Westworld set in a fantasy realm. Um, I
1: definitely need to watch this. I have never seen it myself, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I can't recommend it for everyone. It's It's got some
2: mature content in there, but... Um, it's it's the same idea um, of Westworld of that. It's like a living park. Um, so if they have seen Westworld, it makes it really easy. If they haven't, um, I, I just go on some long rambling um, thing about, you know, it's a it's a living, immersive fantasy experience. Um if they're if they've played dnd i just tell them it's like live dnd but if they haven't played dnd it's really hard to explain as i'm sure you guys have found um i my
1: family still has no
2: idea what it is
1: they're like <laughs> what do you do there you talk and that's fun yes
2: yes it is the the best way i found to explain it for people who don't know westworld or D is that it's it's a theme park but instead of roller coasters it has stories um and that you immerse yourself in the stories and that you get enveloped in them and you know I I always mention yeah there's other stuff too there's like axe throwing and archery and there's this exotic bird and reptile show and there's a lot of cool things that you can just do and experience um, but you know obviously the story is like the biggest piece of what Evermore is
0: and so then from from that explanation like your experiences then as a park goer as a World Walker yourself. Mm-hmm. What what do you do to engage with Evermore? Um,
2: the first time I went to Evermore, I just like immediately knew. Okay, I have to shut off all like real world brain, TJ. Like that he can't exist here um, because that was the only way that I could get myself to go up and like actually interact with some actors who I knew from real life to be able to be like, no, this is not that person who I know. This is this character. Um, so I had to really like just get myself into that suspension of disbelief of just, this is a fantasy world. These are real people. There is a real town here. And that kind of, I think you guys have you know said similar things um, in past episodes. I know about, you know, this is a real town for all sakes, for all intents and purposes. Um, these are real people. Their story is constantly evolving. Just like, any real person's life would. And so getting into that mindset helps get me out of the, the video game mode of like walking up, Hey, give me a quest. Where's my reward. And just recognize the experience of meeting people and interacting as its own reward. Um, Cause I remember the first night I was there, there was one quest that I was trying to do. And I, someone told me to go deliver a message to one of the hunters and I delivered the message and they were like, okay, thank you. And then just like that was it, and I was like, "Well, where's my gold? Like, <laughs> <I> where's <was, laughs> my thing? Yeah, I was like, I I need I need rewards for everything, but then I just had to be like, no, like this is part of it. Like, you know, there's not a reward in real life for like delivering messages or doing favors all the time. Sometimes it's just about like getting involved and immersing yourself as its own reward,
1: and the trust or future things that could come as a result of that. Oh yeah, for definitely.
0: sure, definitely. That's I." I, th- I find it just like uh, immensely rewarding to to hear that. Um, you know, even even those that are engaged in the park from a like very personal way. You know, you're 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 there. You're working. You're employed by them. But still, there is this aspect of when I when I am there. This is this is a special place to me, mm-hmm. uh, to me as a person, not just to these other characters, but now this is, now this is my, my space to engage, to be this lead actor, to, to oh, I, I find that super interesting. Uh, with, with that in mind, like, you have mentioned that your sister's been there, mm-hmm. her boyfriend came, um, have you tried to, ex- like, share ever more than with family and friends, bring them in and world walk with them? Or has it been more often that you are, they're acting when they're there and what's I, what's the differences? Cause that, they have to be pretty huge. Oh yeah. Very
2: different. Um, my, I mean, my family is always like really supportive of any theatrical stuff I'm doing. So they, they came to the park when I was there as a character and I told, I told my parents so many times, mom, dad, dad, do not hang around me all night. Like I know you're there like for me to support me, but like go experience the park. Like don't just like, and then they only ended up being there for a little bit because they did exactly what I knew they would do. They just hung around me and then they didn't like, engage and so they didn't get it and so then it was hot and then they just went home (laughs) after seeing me for like an hour i was like no like you gotta do other stuff um so yeah when i go um either with just just myself or with friends or whatever um i try to really like help encourage everyone to engage outside of like the real world just recognize like this is an experience that you only get it evermore there's nowhere else that you can do this the best dungeon master in the world can't do whatever more does the best video game in the world can't do whatever more does um To yeah to really just get into it and that's like that's the one piece of advice i always give is like you just have to like i i always give myself um 30 seconds of awkwardness is what i call it like whether it's acting in a scene or talking to someone on the street or whatever like get over the first 30 seconds of feeling awkward about what you're doing and then it's fine um and so i always tell whoever i'm with like just do that and approach them as a real character talk to a goblin don't talk to an actor in a goblin mask like and and at first it's uncomfortable for them um if they're not like in the the role play dungeons and dragons mindset um which most of my friends aren't but uh but yeah then they get into it and then like some of them have become like such big fans they just want to keep going because yeah it's like the only place where adults can really play like we're kids again
1: yeah and with you having no or you know you were not in a mask during your time as kadarian Has that hindered or has that changed the way that you go to the park now? It, I mean, yeah, it's because I'm a sure, I'm sure people <laughs> recognize you mm-hmm. as Kadarin and probably like, wait, what? why is he wearing jeans? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, if it's people that I have met frequently in the park, you know, if it's frequent fans, like you guys, the first time I saw you guys in park when I wasn't Kadarin, um, I, I like to just go up and introduce myself and talk to him be like, Hey, we've met like a dozen times, but we haven't met before. So, um, uh, so, yeah, if it's someone that I know I've had a lot of personal interactions with, I'll just just go up and talk to him and just kind of just to break that barrier. Um, but, yeah, there's um, I definitely have to be careful about how I interact and what I say in the park when I'm talking, because even though I'm going and I know like nothing about the lore storyline this season, I'm going into speculating like everyone else. It's like, Oh, but he was an actor here. So maybe, maybe the things he's saying actually means something that we don't know about. And like it he's does. spoiling something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have to be very careful about like, um, not unintentionally creating false narratives or, um, unintentionally spreading false rumors or things like that. Just because there is that expectation. Like, well, you, you, you have been a character here, so clearly you know what's going on, right? Right.
1: Like, mm, nope. Nope. As <laughs> clueless as you. No clue.
0: And I suppose the, the just kind of following up on some of that, like the, the relationships that you've built with people in the park, you know, sometimes you'll see them there in the park, but like, what, what kind of things do you encounter when it's like, oh, well, these these people are cool. They've, they've found me on Facebook. They've wanted to add me. They... They, they want to talk to me and like building legitimate friendships outside of evermore. Mm-hmm. Like what, what shape has that kind of taken for you? Do you have a new circle of friends that you've made that are, that were built out of the evermore community? Yeah. Um, I mean
2: a hundred percent as far as like the actors go, like that's a uh, totally you know, yeah. huge big friend group automatically because you're spending so much time. But, um, yeah, with like guests and stuff, I, I get a lot of friend requests that I, I, filter based on like how much interaction i've had with them right. like do do i really feel like i know these people as friends
0: um do i want them to see the photos my mom has posted of right. me <laughs>
1: and it has to be difficult i mean well yes you spent so much time with them realistically you or they may not know you even though there's this very intimate feeling that evermore creates yeah right so that is something um that has to be so difficult to to navigate through
2: it's tricky yeah i mean i know like i'm on the the ever the uh, evermore spoilers page and the evermore ever folk page um and like i'm always looking i'm always looking at what you guys are posting on those page. Like anytime people are making, you know, theories and stuff, I'm reading them just as excitedly as everyone else's. And so like, I feel like I get to know people on a first name basis just because I've read all of their posts. Um, But I mean, even, you know, They don't really know me because they know Kadarin, but I also don't know them in a lot of cases because I know their character that they're in park with. Um, And even if it's not like, you know, a big developed character with a different name, even in park, if you're, you know, going as yourself, you're still a different person in the park than you are in real life.
1: Right. You're Um, you're choosing to expose or you know, tell certain things about yourself and some yeah. things you obviously keep private.
0: Yeah. It, 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 very much engages a different part of you. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I mean like even, um, you know, one of our, our friends, Corbin, I did not know that that was not her name. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, I just assumed it was her name cause that's what's on Facebook. And then I found out it's a Facebook account for her character. And yeah. then I was like, Oh dang, like I really don't know you as well as I thought I did, even though we had interacted so many times. And, um, so yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that, um, where I have to I just have to weigh it out on an individual case by case basis to accept friend requests. My Instagram is open though. So anyone can follow there me on go. that.
0: I love it. What, what, what is it? Um, at the TJ Thomas at the TJ Ooh. Thomas. Yeah.
1: Everybody give it, give, <laughs> give him a follow, give him a follow, you know, kind of, kind of from going through your experience, right? Yeah. Through the eyes of Kader you can't talk about for or rather, you can't talk for anyone else just right. from what you have Uh, experienced kind of as world walkers one of the primary things that we hear often is either you're not asking the right questions or am i asking the right questions right Mm -hmm. because questions are how we interact with the characters and everything based on your experience as kadarin do you have any tips or anything that you would recommend as far as people with questions that they ask or yeah or just in general
2: um, it's kind of tricky. It so, so heavily depends on the story that they're trying to find. Um, and how involved I am. Cause like, I remember during mythos with like the burglary and the barn fire and stuff. I had people asking me like every conceivable variation of question about those things. And I had no information, like as an actor, they had told me nothing. Um, so like all I knew is that it had happened. Um, and they were, you know, they were sharing very specific you know, pieces of secret information just with those actors who, whose characters would know it. And so I like, sometimes it's genuinely like, I'm sorry, I don't have any more to give you. I really want to. Um, So yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, no matter how good your questions are, like you're not asking the right person. Um,
1: So perhaps taking that and being like, okay, who am I not asking? Yeah. Who I need to talk to literally everyone in the town.
2: I, I think that's, the most helpful thing as you know as an actor my the best thing i could do would be to send them to the person who would know um so that would always be the follow up if you're not getting the an- que- the answers to the questions that you have ask that person okay so if you don't know who else might know um and that that always helps because you can get people who are more closely involved because you know like as Kaderan, even if i didn't know the answer to the burglary um i would be able to tell you who might know who was more involved, you know, I do know those things. So I, you, you know, you can direct information, um, even if you can't give it. Um, but aside, aside from asking, you know, who else might know the information, I think part of it is not, like I said, it, this is such a rambling and you're going to have no, to edit. You're so totally rude. fine. Yeah, this is great.
0: We love <laughs> it. This is raw. This is real. <laughs> yeah. It's gold. This is what
2: people want. Um, If you're trying to find out that, I mean, there's so many different types of questing and information. There's some like surface level stuff and that's, you know, easy answers to get. Just go ask the right person and you'll get the answer. There's some stuff that is like deeply hidden and you will not get the answer unless you ask like exactly the question. Um, Some people have gotten really good at this. Um, I know Kirsten has, there have been some pieces of information as Kaderan that I had that I was you know, holding deep in my pocket that I was like, I'm not telling anyone about this unless they literally point blank, ask me about this question. And she's gotten it like straight arrowed bullseye.
1: Our friend Kirsten, definitely. (laughs) If you listeners, if you have interacted with her, you know that she has a bunch of information uh, that isn't super well known. She's really good at theory crafting and taking those theories and asking those que- pointed questions that was some of our most fun nights were like what does Kaderin know um a lot like, <laughs> and, uh, that's that's actually something that was so unique i mean for you to come into it to fill the shoes of this character that has been around for I don't even know how long, long time, long time. I don't even
2: know. Yeah, And (laughs) I tell people that I lost count because we didn't, we didn't have it canonized exactly. So
1: yeah. And not only that, but this, a master of this old magic that is no longer accessible to anyone that is not that old. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, such amazing, deep character things that I'm sure I, I don't even know how to begin to think of how you, started putting all that together and were able to portray it so well
2: yeah well one of one of the challenges is that as you know every actor like i said is coming up with their own backstories and as they're in park they're just you're kind of discovering it as the world walkers and guests are asking you questions it's like they ask you a question that you've never considered before and you like kind of find the answer rather than make it up which is a really cool thing to like experience but if you're inhabiting the character it's like the answers come to you more than you inventing them um
1: you are this character yeah, and so this like is this really feels, what happens. it
2: feels more like a memory than
0: it does yeah me filling.
2: yeah uh, an it's answer. like this feels like it's right um and there are some things like that that become really really personal um and if there's there's a saying in in writing um, that you have to kill your babies sometimes. Um, and it's like the, the things that you've come up with these ideas that you just love so much. Sometimes they just don't work and it's really frustrating. And, and for the sake of like the betterment of the story, you have to abandon some ideas that were so cool. Um, I had a few of those, luckily, like a lot of the stuff that I felt really strongly about, we were able to work into the story. Um, Kaderin being half Lorian being a big one. Um, that was something that I was able to, to like help work on. um, And that just felt like it made, it just all clicked when we like came with that realization, like, oh, wait, this explains so many things and gives so much deep backstory that we can play with later. Um, One of the sad things is that basically I still have like 10,000 things in my head of what I think is in Kadarin's backstory. But until it's, you know, approved officially in the park and, you know, is stated in, in Evermore, it's not real until that point um so like the half lorian thing was one thing that i was really worried as we were approaching like the last two weeks that i was like if this never gets mentioned then it doesn't exist um and so that you know there's always these little things that we want so badly to exist but um there's a lot more that just for the sake of the story can't so you just have to kind of abandon it which opens up opportunities for new stories which is fun too
0: i was uh just you know as as you were saying like with the the way that, you know, this story of Kaderin had to be confirmed and real, you know, kind of before Kaderin's like kind of arc was wrapped up in mythos. I don't know if you can speak to Kaderin's future a- as of right now, but I mean, I can speak well, to
2: his present. He, the, yes. the faking
0: is never more. The, 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 the faking is never more. do, do, are are you hopeful about the 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 faking's future and like what's what's to come for him? I, I mean, I have my ideas of what I think would be really cool, and I've
2: shared those ideas. Um, but I don't know what's actually going to end up happening. But I mean, partly because like even if it was, you know, even if all of my ideas were, you know, approved and we were going to do it, World Walkers can change that stuff so fast, like kaderan was supposed to die at the end of lore i don't know if you guys know that the faking last year was supposed to be defeated and killed and like done um but since the world walkers like rallied around saving kaderan instead of killing the faking and like healing him it like they had to completely change the story like really last minute to allow this new this new thing to happen um and so you know like I mean, thank you to all the, all the world walkers. Out we there. Thank it. you Yay! for saving Kaderin so that I could have a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you would have seen TJ as an ogre. Yeah. You would have been a great <laughs> ogre. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- so thank you for that because I've loved playing him. So thank you for not letting him die, but I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, yeah, partly because I'm, I'm not there this season. Um, and partly because even if I were there, it could change and no, you never honestly, you never know what's going to end up happening
1: that being said as you are not there this season now we don't even know what the future as you just said is for kadarin but for you tj are you interested in going back and and auditioning because i believe you even though you have played a part even if you have played a part you still have to to audition correct
2: yeah they they change the system each each season about how the auditions are going to work um dirt for the from mythos to lore they didn't have to re-audition but now they do have to re-audition so yeah it's changed quite a bit so i did i did audition for aurora um i did get cast but i don't i don't know if i do not know if i'm allowed to say that um it's it's not like a secret i don't i don't know who i'm cast as that is one thing that was different about this season that last for mythos in my casting email they said you're Okay. Um, this time in the casting emails, they sent out and they said, you're at cast as a performer for this season. Um, they had us come in and do costume fittings. Um, and they said that a lot of the character decisions would be made later on. So maybe that's so that they can stall so that they can see what happens story wise. Right. Maybe, um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. Um, so that is one thing that's so
1: unique with evermore it's like the story is ever evolving and you know you don't i the story is ever evolving and also the inner workings of evermore i'm almost positive that they are still trying to figure out exactly how this whole thing works as it's never been done before yeah um So I think we get to see that. And and actually that's something in my opinion is very fun Mm -hmm. to see that this company is starting and, they're trying to figure out what they are themselves.
2: Oh yeah. I, I see evermore as like one of the world's most ambitious startups. Yeah. Um, because most startups, like even though they might need a lot of capital, like they're building an app or something that's, you know, relatively low cost. They're not building an 11 acre park. (laughs) Like it's so, so, so ambitious on so many levels. Um, but they've got such great people working with it that, yeah, seeing the, seeing the changes. I mean, cause I had friends who were like working, you know, back during war. Um, lore 2018 and just from 2018 lore to 2019 lore it's like a completely different park the operations are completely different the storyline is you know moved so far and um so it's really interesting to just watch the inner workings and the cogs and how they they get better and better and more and more efficient um and they get better at what they're trying to do and then they you know work in progress always but it's really cool to see
0: and i suppose with that like where where do you sort of see Evermore like down the road. What do you want Evermore to become? I mean
2: I don't want to say that I want Evermore to be like the next Disneyland because it would be too crowded. And I want to keep it (laughs) (laughs) I wanna I don't want the crowds to be so long that you have to wait in line for an hour to talk to suds. Do you have the fast Um, pass for suds? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that's something that we have talked about. There's discussions on the online pages that are like well the park is so empty and obviously we want it there to be many people but more people means less time with the characters yeah so it's it's such a a pro and a con there yeah uh, so give and take there Mm -hmm. but please continue what where do you see it going um i mean
2: i would love to just see evermore first of all i mean obviously we all want the, the construction to be finished on all of the buildings and everything get the train um I mean, it's there now. So now yeah, the, tr- the tracks are b- being laid. So it's almost there. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the train and the chapel and getting all of the, th- all of the little things in the park actually finished um, because it would be really cool to see evermore be able to have like a grand reopening once it's like a hundred percent done right. um, and just see how far it can go. I personally, like I, I see evermore as like this Haven for the, the, fantasy lovers um and as much as i as much as i want it to be a mass appeal sort of place um i personally feel like it it is at its strongest when it is catering to the people who love it the most um and not uh watering down the experience to cater to people who don't love the immersive fantasy role play side um because you know they're there are theme parks to go to if you just want to go and be entertained with a ride or a show or whatever, but there's nowhere else like this that does this. So I, for me, I would love to see it be, you know, kind like Disneyland in the aspect that people come over from like all over the country to visit Evermore. But I personally, I like to see it stay a little bit more, you know, less commercialized, you know, don't, like I said, don't water down the experience just to placate the masses, but keep it, what it's keep it what it is you know and let the because there are you know so many millions of fantasy roleplay fans in the country um and you know even internationally we've met international people coming which is awesome um that they can definitely keep this part going for years and years and years to come um if it becomes kind of this mecca of of fantasy nerddom which i think would be awesome
0: absolutely like speaking speaking to that point we we actually just got an email uh a, a, a little while back from a, a listener of the podcast and a fan of the idea of evermore but they've never been because they live in japan wow uh, and they were like this place looks amazing they had they, they had shared some things about other theatrical experiences that they had you know it, engaged with right. that were um like what's like a the, the sub something or other sleeps in new york city i don't remember. sleep no more sleep no more mm. sleep no more in new york city uh and some some other things where it was like oh wow this is like a total change to the way that we're doing theater and entertainment and they're super excited about the prospect of evermore mm-hmm. and, and and even mentioned like i might i want to be in utah so i can come more often mm-hmm. and like maintaining confidentiality as to who that person is and so on. Um, but but I, you're awesome whoever you but are. Who, but you're <laughs> awesome whoever you are and like the, like how many, like that That was just one person, like how many more people are out there like that one person yeah. that are, are excited and want, that want this and, yeah. and, and, and might not know that they want it because they've never it, seen they, it before, yeah.
2: right? Well, I know people who have moved to Utah yeah. forevermore yeah. and I'm like, that is dedication. Um Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it as like, you know, a murder mystery dinner party. Like some people love murder mystery dinner parties and will just like go to them like nonstop. And some people are like, nah, not really my thing. That's fine. I see everyone as like the world's biggest murder mystery party. Um, Sometimes literally
1: sometimes (laughs) Um, with many murders, sometimes
2: that's actually the story. But um, even if it's not, that's still the feel of like everyone just getting together and just being able to suspend reality for a while and just be like, this is the fun that we're having. And um, yeah, so keeping it in that true sense, I think build it and they will come. I think, you know, the word is getting out with, you know, podcasts like you guys, with the Facebook groups, with just publicity in general, that, you know, people are finding out about it and the word's getting out. And it's really cool to see it, you know, it's spreading. And, you know, some nights, you know, if you're going on a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, the park might be so crowded, but you know what? That's okay. That means you get to talk to a character for an hour straight and not get interrupted.
1: <laughs> and we have
0: loved that's, that. That's <laughs> the dream. That is the dream. And, and you know, just yeah, even... Even more like our, on our podcast, we're noticing just like through our little metrics as we're reading through that, you know, we have li- a, a listener in Iran and in wow. Ireland and in, in Japan and in, and in all of these places. Uh, so that the the desire is out there yeah. for this amazing thing. And I, and I suppose like to, to those people, to those who have never come before, what are your hot, hot tips? for like doing evermore for the first time stepping through that portal Ooh. day one
2: day one okay so get off the plane and then yes. drive
0: <laughs> to pleasant grove um oh wow I, this traffic's awful yeah oh yeah it
2: Finish is. i'm the sorry routes. if you are driving <laughs> from the airport to pleasant grove i'm so sorry about that lehigh point of the mountain
1: traffic um utah just lovely with our construction <laughs>
0: They're, they're they're trying. It's like Evermore. It's a project that will never be finished. It's constantly growing. That's, uh, but I'm yeah. more patient about Evermore because <laughs> I like it.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, so once you fight through the traffic around Lehigh, then you get to Evermore. Um, and let's see. Um, ugh, you know, I would honestly say the first thing you should do is just don't worry about getting into the story yet. Just walk around and see the place just like be like a, be a little creepy people watcher for a little bit. See how like the guests who are already there, who are, you know, more familiar with the park, listen in on them, see how they're interacting, see how they're approaching and talking to people. Um, see how the, the, the characters are reacting to different things. Walk around just taking all the sights. The food is amazing. So, you know, just like get there at opening at six o'clock, have your dinner at Evermore as you're walking around, see the beautiful buildings and the gardens and, um, Just kind of get a feel for it at first. Um, Look around at the characters, see who's around, see who looks interesting to you. Um, If you overhear anything, um, take notes. That's actually, that should be my first tip. Get your phone out and take notes of everything because you'll forget um, because I always do. Uh, Yeah, so just kind of immerse yourself in the town without feeling like you have to dive right in. If you walk around and there's something that you see that just grabs you and you want to get into it, do it, but don't pressure yourself to go in too fast. Um, just get comfortable with the park for like the first 30 minutes you're there and then start easing your way in. Um, cause it is a new experience that unless you've done, live action fantasy role play it's unlike anything you've experienced before and it takes it's a little bit of a learning curve and it it might feel awkward at first takes some getting used to but then it's so rewarding and fulfilling if you can really just be immersed in it fully
0: and then as a weird switch them up follow-up yeah what would be your tips to evermore to engage with those people that are coming for the first time like do you have any Mm. thoughts on um what, what what you your fellow coworkers? uh the park as a whole could be doing for them yeah um
2: well so i mean one of the things that we say um is that you know there are there are some characters who get looked at like kaderan who get kind of looked at as like the lead characters but we always say that the the guests are the lead characters which we love yeah um and so we always we're always trying to focus on that that like this story of evermore is not about kaderan or kyra or uh ozzy or you know Grimy or any or, or any of the characters that we love. It is about the guests. It is their story. It is not our story. We are supporting characters. Um, and kind of recognizing that half of our job is going to be customer service. Um, that half of our job is going to be giving people directions to the bathroom or where to find food. And that's okay. Um, but that, you know, we are there to help them have the best possible time they can while they're in our town. Um, and... So that's one of the things that we always try to focus on for, for first timers, especially coming through. Um, If it's someone that we don't recognize um, as a frequent visitor, we try to really make sure we're, we're uh, asking them if they need help finding anything, you know, as Kader and I got a lot of the time questions of like, I have, I have people just approach me like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I've never been here before. I'm what do I do? Who do I talk to? How do I do this? And Maybe because Kadarin's costume was like very like clearly not someone visiting the park. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, I would get those questions a lot, a lot. And I would just try to like calm them down and reassure them. Like there's no wrong way to do this. Like talk to whoever you want. And they would be like, no, but who do I talk to? And what do I talk to about? Whatever you want. It's fine. Um, So I, they've done started doing a lot of stuff to help um, the, the newcomers. I think the, um, the new uh, newspaper, the Evermore Chronicle or what is the, it called? The, the Evermore, Evermore Gazette. Gazette, yeah. Gazette. that's what Gazette. it is, yeah. The Evermore Gazette, it's, re- it's brilliant. It does a great job because the acting troupe was kind of that function for a while of, and still is, of, um, you know, filling people in on past stories on like getting people caught up with like, Oh, this is what happened during lore last year or during mythos this year. Um, but the Gazette does a really good job of giving a place that people can just read the story of what's happening. Give like, you know, their help wanted section is a really great place for people to start with quests to get immersed. I know they've done that. They've done things like, you know, um, scavenger hunt type things to help just help people getting in to kind of break the ice. I think the Gazette is brilliant. I've loved seeing, um, people interacting and people seem to be responding to it really well. Um, so I keep doing the Gazette ever more. <laughs> I I
0: I do really love the Gazette. I'm 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 I think that was I think one of the most like positive moves in the direction of like really let us teach you how to do this, mm-hmm. but in uh, a very organic way yeah. where it doesn't feel like okay, let's actually step you through one, two, three, four. This is how you do it. Yeah, but. Now you're in, you're in the world. You're reading something from the world, and oh, I I love Very it. Good. I totally agree. It's
2: yeah. an optional tutorial. It's yep. you know, you know, if it was something you know, and things were tossed around for a while about like maybe we'll have like video screens, you know, outside by the lines with like tips for people. It was like that kind of pulls people out of the fantasy stuff, and so it yeah, it's organic and it's great, and it's people can read it for the story or they can read it for the tips, and like everyone has something in it that they can get out of it, which is awesome.
1: Right. The other thing, as far as first timer goes, sometimes we as world walkers are very, I mean, there are these moments where you as an actor are acting with your fellow peers, right? right? We have heard that they are called tableaus, yeah. correct, mm-hmm. by the Evermore Park. Um, sometimes we don't know if we should or how much we should interact with those. Right? What are kind of your thoughts there in in regards to the tableaus do we intervene right my mind goes back to the moment where Kadarin actually was overtaken by blood magic you were on the ground wonderful acting by the way thank you that um, hurt <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you <laughs> fell
2: yeah well so that, it wasn't actually the fall that hurt it was the spasming on the ground uh. for so long after i got like out like my neck was like yeah it was bad (laughs) i yeah but it was it was a lot of fun it was really fulfilling to see so like to see the facebook reactions and stuff to that scene were anyway
1: and and that being said so many of us literally wanted to either hold someone back another character where which we can't do don't don't touch them yeah but what would, what are your thoughts on how much people should interact or intervene with those tableaus? Um, you know, it really
2: depends on the type of tableau it is. I think, um, there are some tableaus that are very expositional. Um, I like the one that comes to mind for me is, um, when Kaderin was, you know, almost fully gone and he was telling Kyra about her heritage. Um, that was one that, you know, interrupting that wouldn't, would detract from the scene. Um, but then there are some of them, like I remember during the mayoral elections, um, there were, you know, when certain characters that I won't get into specifics, when certain characters were in their mayoral election debates, um, world walkers would like yell out like, Why are like that, you know, and they would like, you know, comment on the debate. And that felt like a very organic, natural place for that interaction to take, you know, to occur that, you know, they're part of this they are part of the scene and, you know, they're not just watching it happen that, you know, this is, it's, it's their story um, that they're the ones picking the mayor and they, you know, they know that this person has a shady past or they know this thing, you know, and so they can put those pieces out there. Um, so it really, I, it's hard to say just as a blanket statement, I'd say, I mean, the best way I think as a blanket statement is just don't get involved in tableaus um, to be safe. Um, because there are some of them that are very closely choreographed and rehearsed. Um, some of them, especially if they are anything involving combat and stuff like they've been practicing the combat to make it be safe and everything. So don't get involved if it's combat. Um, if it's something expositional, usually don't get involved because it's hard enough to hear anyway, they're starting to get mics and stuff, which is great, but sometimes they're hard to hear. Um, but yeah, I think there are definitely some tableaus that are intended to be more open. Um, more open forum type. Um, And a lot of the tableaus will, you know, will have worked in moments where we ask people their opinions and stuff. And obviously, in that case, go for it. Um, Yeah, I'd say unless you're very um, confident with your interaction, um, it's probably best to hang back during the tableaus and then like go interact after if you've got, you know, stuff that you want to talk to the characters about. Um, Like I said, unless it's one where it's, more more open and the, a lot of times the characters will ask for opinions and what do you guys think about this should i do it and obviously go for it
1: i like that just kind of read the room if it feels like you shouldn't if this is a really intense moment between two people or choreographed or something mm-hmm. don't get into it but otherwise a comment to her here a comment here or there probably won't disrupt anything if it's not that right and if it's if it's pertinent of course we're always
2: slightly on edge that people are just gonna like start yelling out like complete random nonsense that doesn't have anything to do with the tableau or that is like just completely false or whatever and like derail the scene and i mean that's where the improv again comes in that you have to work it back on track and stuff but um yeah within reason if you've got something to contribute to the scene that you feel is important for the characters to know um if you say it and they don't want you to say it, they'll probably just ignore you. But so, you know, I guess no harm, no foul in that case. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it can be really fun having the world walkers bring in new information and like, um, you know, telling characters stuff that their character, the actor might know, it, but the character doesn't. So they have to, you know, go on that basis. So yeah, read the room,
1: read the room, read the room. If it feels very intimate, if it feels very private. Don't interact. Don't hold anyone back. They're okay. Yeah, no touchy. No touchy. No touchy. Touchy. No <laughs> touchy. touchy.
0: Not. Not do that. Uh, I, I, I think our I think our time is running pretty thin. Um, I guess before we do our like last little last little uh closing bits. Um, do you have any f- like fun little hidden, not very well known tidbits about Evermore that you would want to to share? Something that uh perhaps only only the actor of Kaderin yeah.
2: could share. Um, I mean, aside from being electrocuted, um, that is <laughs> I amazing. That
1: story. I'm sorry. It happened. to Yeah. You. It's okay.
2: Um, um, it's, it's tricky to know what I can talk about without, um, violating my non-disclosure agreement, which is totally <laughs> understandable. Uh, yeah. Being electrocuted was fun. Um, I mean, honestly, I think you guys know more fun tidbits about Evermore than I do. As far like <laughs> you're like your you know artifacts posting and stuff. Like
1: I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, and that's where we went to Gudrun. Yeah, for that yes, yeah. One. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gudrun, give us a tour, please. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, ah, let's see. Tips or secrets? Um, and if you don't have any, that's that's, that's totally, totally fine, fine. Because my 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 follow up would be if. If you could live anywhere in Evermore, where would it be?
2: I could live anywhere in Evermore. I mean, the Burrows are the only place with a beds, so that's probably where <laughs> I'd. So have he to claims said. that one. Um, <laughs> that is a, get
0: get yourself a bed. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, and they're you know they're close to food, so probably the Burrows. The Burrows, yeah,
1: the Burrows, good music all the time. However, yeah. not right now, not as yeah. we've seen the the Burrows have been t- taken over. At there. the time of this recording, it would not be a great place to be. It is a.
0: It is a great location, but it's at a, a high risk for invasion by darkness and evil. So just just be aware. Prime property, very, very high risk investment.
1: Now, TJ, do you have any favorite Evermore characters that you personally, not Kadarin, you yourself get along with the best?
2: That I, get, uh, I don't know if I have any that I get along with the best. Um,
1: or just enjoy talking with... It's really
2: tricky now looking at it because I, when I'm interacting with the characters, the like two times that I've been back since being, um, you know, as myself, um, I still, it's hard to not interact with them knowing the person behind it. Um, I think, I mean, Faldo is... Uh, one of the most memorable that I had for my very first experience and then being Kadarin and interacting with him so much definitely cemented him as, you know, a very prominent character for me um, just because, yeah, he was the second person I met in the park and um, he's obviously a very memorable distinct character. Good job, Nick. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually, I, I really like Sir Kalyri, um for a lot of reasons. Um, Bryn does a really great job with, with, the acting of Sir Clary and I also think she's um she's a really well executed display of a strong female character that isn't like a cliche or like shoving it in your face that it's like look, women can be strong too like she just is a strong female character without <clears throat> having to like prove herself as yes, such yes, totally. yes. which I really like about her.
1: Is there anything that you, as we kind of wrap up, is there anything that you would like to talk about or spread awareness about? Um, including, I mean, kind
2: of. Um, I, and I guess it's tangentially ever more related. Um,
1: including <laughs> anything, whether it be your personal projects or whatever it may be.
2: Well, so, I, so I'm currently, um, when I'm... <laughs> My day job <laughs> when I'm not when I'm not working at Evermore um, is that I'm getting uh, my master's right now so to be a therapist, um, and so I mental health in, is is very close to my heart for a lot of reasons, um, and I know that it's very close to a lot of the people in Evermore. Um, I've had several several people from the park um, tell me in different capacities, whether like in you know Facebook messages or like in as Kaderin, um, talk to me about um, how Evermore has helped them with their social anxiety with their depression with ptsd with like a lot of different mental health issues that evermore has given them this ability to step outside of their perceived limits of themselves of where they think you know i could never go and talk to this person but my character could go and talk to this person um and so they get these great social circles um and so i know that mental health in general is is um very important to me and to um many, many, many visitors, especially the the frequent guests of, of evermore. Um, so I, I mean, I always like to, to do shout outs, raising awareness. We just had a concert actually, um, a couple weeks back, um, for mental health awareness and suicide prevention and things. So that's always stuff that I'm talking about all the time. I, um, my other Instagram account is uh, TJ Thomas counseling. Um, I do a lot of posts there for, you know, um, general like help and, um, you know, advice on, on mental health and, you know, just raising awareness of it, letting people know they're not alone. Cause I think that's the biggest thing that we can do. And especially with a community that's as tight knit as evermore. Um, it's something that I think people need to be aware of, especially going into it that, you know, there are people in the park who that's like the only place that they feel like they can talk to other people and be social and interact. And it's their only, you know, human interaction during the day. And so it's, um, it's a real reason that I find Evermore to be a really special place. Um uh, one of many reasons. Um and it also is really cool for me that as I as I work on my character and the story, I always try to work in real aspects of um you know, of mental health. Um uh, you know, when Kidaran was, you know, descending and getting into his very dark place as he was turning back into the faking, I tried to bring in a lot of those real issues. Um and you know, so we try to make it as as true to life as possible, so that there can be an accurate and fair representation of mental health, which I think there isn't really quite enough of um, in general. Uh, so that's, if anything,
1: that's what I like to talk about, and that's
2: that's my rant. <laughs> that is awesome. Good. I absolutely
1: love it. Speaking as myself, someone who has suffered uh, through mental health issues and different things, and I know my co-hosts have as well. We really appreciate that, honestly, and. The fact that you bring that up and have brought that into uh, your Evermore character, however fantasy he is, or, you know, that there is basis and truth in a lot of things. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much. Uh,
0: I think I think that is one of the beautiful things about fantasy, about Evermore, is that uh, specifically in this way, you know, it's giving us the tools to combat the darkness in whatever form it takes. Mm-hmm. Um be it the darkness in the park, be it the darkness in our minds, uh, in our lives. It's a, a evermore as a toolbox that changes lives. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So go 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 and follow TJ on uh, the T, TJ counseling TJ be, Thomas, counseling, TJ Thomas yep. counseling. That sounds awesome. If you need if you need mental health, help, seek it out. People want to help you and lift you up. Therapy is awesome. Do what you got to do. Um, but I, I suppose with that, that's going to be our podcast for today. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It's been an absolute blast to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Thomas TJ Thomas. Thank you. It's been thank awesome, so TJ Thomas. Thank you so much, TJ Thomas. Well, for Well, thank joining you for the wrap at the beginning. Of course, yes. As we are now wrapping it up. Uh, oh, such hot fire jokes. Um, follow us at uh, at our Instagram at World Talkers. Um, follow the park at evermore.com for their updates. If you'd like to write in and share with us some of your evermore experiences, we'd love to hear from you. Write in at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com or call in at 801-332-9321. Um, and you can leave us a uh, voicemail that we'd love to listen to. Um, and as well, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that changes the world changes our lives because more people see it, and then they get to experience the beauty that it is evermore. It was very sensuous. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, and, and and then just lastly as well, uh, the, T, uh, T. Mm-hmm. the T J Thomas counseling, the T J Thomas. Yeah, those are the two. Uh, before before the hook.
2: Yep, on Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon, go,
0: go 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 and buy that. Go go, go check that out, um, and again thank you so much for listening and and with that um we'll be seeing you beyond the portal